Another week of Rock Me Dead. Certainly need that uplifting intro music this week, I think. I'm Wendell Hussey, and I've got Errol Parker here with me in the Desert Rock FM studios to dissect another week in the world of rugby. Um, We've got plenty coming up. How are you, Errol? I'm all right, mate, but I don't know why you need uh, cheering up, mate, because the, uh, the game of rugby that I got up on Sunday to watch was actually an incredible game. I couldn't take my eyes off it, and it was such a grudge match, and they wore each other down. And in the end, like, I really think the Canadians really earned that victory. I mean, <laughs> the US, it's very strange, you know, because they have got so many registered players, but they just produce hot garbage every year. Yeah. But it just goes to show that this game that people in this country and people in New Zealand especially and around the world love is that it isn't just how fast you can run on, on the wings, it's a game of structure and theatre and, and, mm. and just intelligence about, you know, who can outfox who in the breakdown and yeah. who can do this. And it was the Canadians who came away with the bickies this time. It was, look, it was an amazing game. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit like New South Wales and Queensland in a rugby league sense, isn't it? New South Wales, they got all the playing base, they got all oh, the yeah. money. But Queensland just has that flair, that romance, that love, that understanding of the game, a little bit similar to the Canadians, yeah. I think. And They, they have the... Uh, Joie de vie, mm. as they say down in the French quarter of our <laughs> cosmopolitan desert republic. It was a bit attritional at times, that game, but um, it was really good to see a rivalry just played out like that. Tight, hard fought, but um, yeah, lots of enterprise as well. It was just an entertaining game, one that you can really enjoy getting up for. So so that was good. Yeah. And, um, and if that wasn't enough, Wendell, we have the next clash between the Americans and the Canadians is on, on Sunday on Stan Sport, of course, at 11 a.m. What an absolutely cracking time slot for Ooh, arguably... Is that Sunday or Saturday? That'd be Sunday, wouldn't it? That's a Sunday, mate. It's on the 12th. Um, so you've got the American Eagles versus the Canadian Leafs, it looks Ew. like, uh, yeah. at 11 a.m. in the morning. It's being played at the famous rugby coliseum of Infinity Park, wherever in <laughs> God's name that is. The Canadian uh, graveyard, they call it. Yes, that's what they call it, mate. The leaf blower. Where American eagles go to die. (laughs) (laughs) And then after that, if your uh, rugby appetite hasn't been quenched uh, by then, you've got two uh, Antipodean teams, the All Blacks and the uh, Los Pumas. Mm. Uh, They're playing at Seabus Super Stadium at uh, 5 p.m. And then uh, I guess later on you've got, um, I think they're the South Africans versus uh, the Golden Kangaroos. They're playing oh, a bit later. Yeah. Oh, that'll be all right then. At, at the same stadium, though. Hmm, double header. That sounds all double right. Double header. And we do yeah. have rain forecast up here in the Channel Country on Sunday. I just had a quick look at the weather report there. So that's, that's perfect. We are still free up here. So nice Saturday night, feeling a bit sore and sorry on a Sunday morning. Drizzle on the roof. Watch the Canadians and US go at it. Then a bit of Argentina and um, All Blacks after that. That sounds like a very, very nice Sunday indeed. It is pretty disappointing, though, that these games are being played on a Sunday where, you know, they could be being played, I guess, um, 
on a Friday or a Saturday. But I guess uh, up here in Queensland, uh, Wendell, we do have the rest of the free world sport on mm. uh, during the week. So yeah, it's only natural, I guess, that they you know play this club level game. I guess on a Sunday. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it, that the uh, the Sansa and the world of rugby has had to take a back seat for the NRL this week. Obviously, Friday night, Saturday night games, and a Sunday Arvo game. They've got the Pumas and All Blacks at 5 p.m. on Sunday, so you can tune in for the second half of that, which hopefully the Argentinians are putting up a bit of a fight. And then you've got your Sunday night Springboks and um, the Kangaroos, uh, well, Wallabies on um, Sunday night. Actually, the Wallabies, uh, they did play on Sunday. They played uh, the All Blacks. They played them at over at Fortress Perth. Mm. It looks yeah, like they, yeah, um, um, yeah, it was another so. game of footy on the weekend, wasn't there, Errol, on top of that yep. um, Canadian-Ding-Dong-US so, yeah, yeah. no, battle? This is the one that I watched after the Canadian game. Mm. Yeah, history was made by the All Blacks. They've, um, they've finally knocked the Wallabies off their perch at um, Optus Stadium over there in Perth. Yeah, look, the it's 100% win record. Yeah, it had never been done before, but the win record is broken. The Wallabies have fallen at Optus Stadium to the All Blacks, and um, yeah, it was, it was yeah. a pretty, pretty tight tussle, wouldn't you say, that game as well? Yeah, look, it was. It was, uh, you know, from the get-go, I thought it was a very, very tight contest. I thought that both teams played very well. It was just, you know, only one or two errors uh, mm. in the first half that really swayed this uh this very tight result but look this is probably one of the first games i've seen is it the first game where we've got those new red card rules i think um... well it's the first game where they've been utilized so they've brought it in for the rugby championship with a 20 minute red card and um yeah that's the first time it's been used so it was interesting uh interesting that we actually conceded points again when we were a man up um not ideal it's happened before when Mm. it'll happen again but i thought just going back to this, because this is, you know, when I started to really tune into this game, obviously when our captain, uh, Michael Hooper, when he came off, I thought things were only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hoops Hoops is a true leader among men. He, you know, he's, he's the everywhere man. He, mm-hmm. He's an absolute Trojan when it comes to his craft. But thankfully, it was just uh, to come off to get a few staples in that noggin of his, and he was back on the field sporting a very Larry fucking headgear. But he was back on the field. But I thought the tide was starting to shift. I mean, I don't know about you, Wendell, but when Geordie Barrett uh, was awarded that red card, sure, it was accidental. There was no malice in it. And, and he was straight back over to Corabetti at the end, you know, after they'd blown the whistle. He was right back over there mm. to see if he was okay. To be given a red card, though, for that, look, yes, it's contact with the face, with the boot. Mm -hmm. It looked fucking bad, Yeah, but there was no malice in it, you know, and sometimes you don't mean to run the person over at the pedestrian crossing, but it it happens sometimes. (laughs) These these things can happen in this world we live in, And, and I tend to agree with you. I think it probably was a red card, you know. Unfortunately, yeah, as you said, no malice, unintentional, but... He did get his foot in the face. Contact with the head. That's what we've seen with World Rugby um, over the last couple of years. Contact with the head and you're off. And, yeah, it wasn't the shoulder or the chest or the head. It was um, it was the foot. There was an Argentinian guy sent off uh, maybe a month ago against Wales for accidentally getting stepped and accidentally headbutting a guy in the face. This time it was the foot for Geordie Barrett. Um, that's just it. Anything, any part of the body contacts the head. Dangerous, yeah. you're gone. So I kind of think maybe I've got my green and gold tinted glasses on there, but I kind of thought that was a fair enough decision. Perhaps, Wendell. And it didn't really, it didn't really cost him. You know, only 20 minutes off the field. Geordie Barrett. One thing I really did like about it though, 
I enjoyed Corabetti going down like a sack of potatoes and staying down. Um, he's probably the toughest bloke, I would say, in that entire team, and he was straight back up after the red card was given. But given um, yep. what happened to him in that French series, I think he learned a lesson that there's just some contact with the head. You stay down on the ground until the referee points to the big screen and then goes and has a look over there, and then you get to go about <laughs> your business. So that was a smart piece of play from Marika. I enjoyed well, that. Well, look, you don't get the opportunity to uh, take Geordie Barrett out of the attack, uh, mm. you know, too often. And, you know, that was a golden op- opportunity for us to really take the game by the scruff of the neck and to really, you know, drum home that uh, dead rubber victory. But look, you know, they are a class act, the Kiwis. I mean, mm. look, you only have to look at the stats of the game, really. I mean, the New Zealanders made 161 tackles to, you know, we made 88, you know. They mm. did miss more tackles, but, you know, you can afford to miss more when you're making twice as many as the other team. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know if it shows up there <laughs> on the stat sheet, but um, the two intercept tries, we give them every single game, um, don't exactly yep. help. Um, if only they were listening to this podcast, you know, week in, week out, like the 59,000 people do each week. It's just stop throwing cutout passes. I am not a rugby expert. I'm not. I just watch it on the fucking television, and even I can see that. Even if you have numbers, just throw it through the hands. Mm. It's faster. It's, <laughs> it's faster. Even if there's no one there, take mm. the ball, take your marker, fucking yep. run at him, and before he tackles you, you pass the ball to the next person. I have heard you say that before down at Sergio Oval a couple of times, Harold. I certainly have. When you throw those big fucking ballooning passes, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like throwing a sirloin at a fucking Rottweiler. It's... It just takes it and runs. Yeah, a Rottweiler in a big black jersey who will run off and put it underneath the post. I will um, just quickly... It boggles my mind. It does, it does. But I will just quickly come into defence for poor old Matt Phillip, who's been copying it. He was the one who threw that first one on Sunday Arvo. I like it was not a great decision, but the poor old lock had sprinted up out of broken play, absolutely busted himself and was just in the wrong position. That's not his fault. No. A forward when they find themselves in the back line is above all criticism because forwards are simple people. Mm. They stay in their position. They do a job. They don't seek glory. They don't do this. They don't do that. Their job is to provide mint ball Mm. for the even dumber people in the fucking back line. And if a forward, by the grace of God, finds himself in the back line and he finds himself holding the fucking ball in the back line... Anything he does with that ball, you cannot criticise. Yes, it is. It's excusable. And poor old Matt Phillip, he got spooked. Totally excusable. There were loud noises all around him. All Blacks rushing up, and he um, he threw threw a big ball for. And he uh, threw arguably the worst pass of the series, but that's yep. fine <laughs> because that's fine. He's a lot totally pushing fine. up in support, having a go. He could have had an absolute brain snap and just put up a bomb. Mm. I mean that. Probably would have been better, you know. Yep. The entire team is offside, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he just r- runs backwards. Yeah, and it's like yeah. no, 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 run forward, forward, <laughs> go forward, Matt, go, yeah. run us all onside, mate. It's like, but you, that's that's what you've got to do mm. as a forward. The worst thing that you can do if you find yourself holding the ball and you're in the back line is do nothing. Yes, true. Just, Very true. Just do something. Pass it, run it, kick it. Just 
Just do something. Yeah. So good on Matt for trying, and I think everyone can um, get off his case about throwing that Mate, intercept pass. It's I a reckon. learning curve. It is. So good on Matt for trying, I reckon. But, yeah, it was another tough afternoon of viewing. I almost would have liked us not to score a try at the end there. Like, we only lost by 17 points in the end. I would have preferred the 24, I think. Like, I think that was a pumping. Um, yeah. I, I don't well, like I, it when well, we make it close like that because I think it papers over the cracks, really. It's strange in a way that this is how we always end every game is with a flurry of points. Mm, yeah. But, you know, when we're actually in the grind, yeah. when we're under the mortar in the pestle, we shit the bed, and when the game's over, we spread the ball. Funnily enough, we don't throw any fucking cutout passes. We no. pass the ball, we draw our man, and then we pass, and holy fuck, there's a, there's a hole that's opened up. Oh, wow, and he's over. <laughs> and we have just run through it. Yeah. I just want to say... Bit rough, three All Blacks tests that we've, um, as everyone's aware, have lost all three of them. Now we've got to play the world champions, South Africa, for two in a row. So potentially start the year 0-5 before we get tired and run down and we play Argentina, who are going to be in the same boat. But um, yeah, bit of a tough schedule. Uh, obviously, Argentina, All Blacks are on earlier on Sunday and then we're on at Sunday night, which not ideal and... Um, Obviously, we've had to uh, give a bit of ground to the National Rugby League, but I think some commendation should be given to the people at Rugby Australia. You know, we've... um, we've They've made it work. Yeah, they have made it work. They have made it work. And when I saw that the doubleheader was on this weekend, I've got to be honest, my first thought was, I bet they've put this on at the same time as the Saturday doubleheader of Rugby League on Channel 9. But no... They've found some separate no. time. They've found some separate space. So once everyone, because there's only four games at NRL this weekend, so once people watch those and they want a little bit more, Sunday night, don't want to think about tomorrow, bang, Wallabies, Springboks, not bad. It's good though. I mean, like anyone can, you know, heap a bunch of crap on Rugby Australia for doing this, for doing that, you know, all that stupid shit with the fucking media pigeon, ha, 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 ha fucking all that shit. But it seems like they've actually, for some reason, started to make a concerted effort at actually building the game out. So, you know, we're definitely now at the absolute fucking rock bottom. I mean, I don't see us being any worse unless we get to the point that the Socceroos were at uh, in the early 2000s <laughs> and in the 90s where, you know, we'd, we'd be getting, you know, really pumped that, you know, we're through to a game that might qualify us for the World Cup. I mean, I, yeah. I can't see rugby union in this country getting to the point where we have, you know, the next Sterling Mortlock crashing over uh, to score a try in the dying kind of minutes of a World Cup qualifier against Namibia. In, <laughs> you in never know, Errol, 15 if, these, years time. if these losses like, keep coming. We're going to the World Cup. Yeah, maybe that's what we start celebrating. That's it. We've secured We've secured our spot in the World Cup. And, you know, even if we just make it out of the pool, if we make it to the quarterfinals, that's a yeah. resounding success. It's like we have a must-win game against Sri Lanka. <laughs> yeah, we've got, to beat, we've got to beat Sri Lanka and hope results go our own way and we're through to the World <laughs> Cup, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, rugby could descend to that point. I don't. I, I really can't see it happening. Oh, but fingers you know, crossed. stranger things have stranger happened. Things I mean, happened. yeah. But look, in terms of you know how far rugby can descend into you know quagmire of misery, we have two more teams mm. joining us in the 2022 Super Rugby season. So that's 
two more teams which are going to flog the Waratahs next year, Wendell. <laughs> yeah, someone different though. I think it's like fresh faces that can put forty on the the boys from the Harbour City, which I don't mind. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a new competition. It's called yep. Super Rugby Pacific, which um, I like that. I like it's, it too. It, I kind it's of got a good ring to it. Yeah, Super Rugby Pacific. I think it like it. It highlights the global nature of rugby, which is always one of its um, best traits. Look, I think. But I, I do if it wonder. Was up to me, it mm. would be Pacific Rugby Super, but that's mm. just me. Mm, yeah, but yeah, it could be good. Uh, I I'm reckon not an ad man, it, man. it has to be to do with um, the SA part of Sansa um, not letting us call it Super Twelve again. I reckon. <laughs> Because that's, uh, yes, that's, that's was the dream. The absolute fucking brains trust at fucking Sansa, mm. of course. I reckon yeah. they're, they're saying, well, you haven't got South Africa in there, so you can't call it Super 12, like the glory days. Because that's what I was thinking, 12 teams. Let's go back to Super 12. Let's get that fresh. Just don't even bother making a new logo. Just go back and get that logo from the early days, and then just we just roll with that going forward. But I, I can't believe there the were that many is- teams anyway. Mm. Then, you know, 12 teams. Fuck, that was ambitious. It was. But it's good now. It's back. Yeah. So but got- one thing that really did um taking by surprise. So there's two new teams. You've got the Moana Pacifica, mm. um, which is basically every island but Fiji, mm-hmm. including parts of Fiji, and then you've got the Fiji and Drua, yep. which is just Fiji. Yeah. For all those years we couldn't support a team in Perth, but now we <laughs> believe that the small <laughs> island nation of Fiji can support essentially two teams. Maybe some resources magnates from the respective islands have gotten behind the two franchises. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, well, Fiji are essentially going to be part of our comp. Well, they're going to be like they're part of the Australian side and Pacifica are going to be the Kiwi one or they're part of the Kiwi side of the draw. But everyone plays each yeah. other once with an extra few derby matches and then top eight make finals, yeah. which is an interesting one. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be... It's going to be a long season, uh, that's for sure. But look, I think, you know, really the the halcyon days of, of this game were really when we had a team from every continent. I mean, I do miss seeing the Bulls, the Lions, the Sharks and the Stormers battle it out. I also miss the Juarez and the uh, Sunwolves. But yeah, look, actually, if you're looking for cheap Sunwolves merch, I haven't seen a hoodie cheaper than a Sunwolves hoodie right now. Oh, I would get one. Right. Been... But, 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 but wait... I think they're Japanese sizes. So uh, I think right. so- Clancy's been caught out doing this. He got an extra large uh, Sunwolves shirt, and it looks like it's body paint. Yeah, so no, ch- no there. chance. He looked like yeah. Buxan from the Rugby World Cup wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah. yeah. But, you, um, you know, I have been- he hates Rugby Union, so he probably won't be listening to this. But yeah. I have been trying to get that Romanian rugby jersey we spoke about a few weeks ago online and I just cannot yeah. get it. Like I've gone down the Google Translate wormholes on different Instagram well, pages and shit and I just cannot find it. It's like they're not selling it, which is really frustrating. Yeah. It's potentially the I best think, jersey I've ever seen. I think the only way to get something like that would be to really, you know, have, you know, your hands and legs tied to the top and the bottom of a tree and then have a mate just hit you nonstop with a cat of nine tails all over and then just wait until it starts to heal up. And <laughs> you've got, that, like, that multi- the blood and the goo <laughs> and the pus. Yeah. And it just That's kind of what it looks that like. That real colour scheme, yeah, that, that could do it. You don't yeah. have any connections in Bucharest, Errol, that could sort me out with the jersey? Look, I'll, uh, I'll put the feelers out, mm. but, um, look, no promises, but if I do find one, I'll get you your... Uh, 
I think it's large or extra large. Well, I think in X, Romania they XL, fit yeah. large. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're true. pretty rugged men there. Yeah. I think in Romania, so we're not maybe. getting any younger, mate. No, I think uh, the Moana Pacifica. I think their union's uh, New Zealand rugby, isn't it? Yes, I think I, think I, think I got so. that right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, and that's like hopefully and ideally, what's supposed to happen is. Um, we give the Fijian Drua or we let the Fijian Drua get some players and New Zealand Rugby Union lets Pacifica get some players. So they're supposed to be allowing oh, them mate, to have, have three to. All Blacks, I think, but no one's mate, been tossed up yet. But that makes common sense. I mean, mm. they should honestly be having that rule for the Waratahs. <laughs> I mean, they should really be, you, you know, like each year they should be forcing, you know, some quality players yeah. to go there Effectively in exile. Yeah, send some boys over from the South Island to the um, MPC comp over here to the Waratahs and let them play. That, that's, that's what they should be doing. Yeah. But let's hope that happens. A couple of Southland boys, yeah. I, I worry that we could have a bit of a Penrith Shoot Shield situation where um, these clubs come into the comp, they aren't really given the players and they aren't really helped out by the established clubs and then in a couple of years' time they're just they're continually getting flogged and these established clubs go like, oh, Bugger, they're not competitive. Better cut them hard. Damn, what a shame. What else could we have done? Oh, well. And then just that's the end of that experiment. And we move on to the new and updated Super Rugby format that uh, is 2024 or 2025 when we never yeah. change it up. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I think that these two new teams are essentially a three-way joint venture between Australian Rugby uh New Zealand rugby and world rugby. And I yep. think that uh, rather than world rugby essentially give the money to Rugby Australia and Rugby New Zealand to make a new team, they've actually, for some reason, they've actually given the money directly to the to the region, which is great. I, mm. think, I think the absolute worst thing that you can do is give the money to an organisation like Rugby Australia or give it to an organisation like Rugby New Zealand where, you know, you've got these 60-year-old blokes from fucking North Auckland and North Sydney that need to get paid mm. and they they need to have long lunches other. and they don't pay for- all that you know that it's this own little ecosystem mm-hmm. that happens so it's good that the money's going to the right place and yep. no one's taking a clip on it yeah it's Great. not going to the pyramid scheme that is the Oz and New Zealand rugby organizations yeah it's not going to the NRC where it's essentially taking a pile of money out of an ATM and just throwing it down the street and letting the first 10 people there run and grab it. You know, it's it's yeah. much different to that. So, look, let's let's hope it works. Um, it's exciting at least. It'll be fresh. It'll be something new that maybe we'll get some new viewers in. Mate, so I'm pumped. I'm forward to I'm it. I'm pumped for it. I'm yeah. pumped for it. Yeah, I'm it's going to be great. And there's, in um, fact, mm. I'm going to adopt... Um, the Fijian Drua as my second team. Yeah, I love got it. Yep, the me sickest too. jersey. Me too. Um, always be a Reds man, Surely. obviously, but the Fijian Drua what I does, think will be the second team. They yeah, have, they do got have a, a fucking sick jersey. When they were playing in the NRC, the Drua had a, a unreal jersey, and the Fijian national team's jersey is sick too. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm happily getting around one of them. Um, there's also some other proposed formats getting tossed up in world rugby. Um, there oh, are calls. Yeah, this one being spruked by Steve the Money Man Hanson. Yeah, old Shag, as they like to call him over there. Who um, his, his win-loss ratio has gone down a little bit in recent times. He's been doing some work with the Bulldogs in the NRL um, and not getting as many wins. Not such a, a great mind as he was when he was over there at New Zealand Rugby. But anyway, he's the ambassador for this new push for Rugby 12s. Which, um, yeah, so that's basically 
you, you lose uh, your two flankers, an outside and a winger then. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, two flankers and yeah, an outsider wing. Yeah, so that's yeah. So essentially, that's what they want to do, and they want to have it as like a month long kind of tournament. They're referencing the IPL, which is um, yeah, interesting to say the least. Um, but they're referencing the IPL, <laughs> and they're saying that they're going to get all these tier one and tier two nations guys to come together and play for these essentially made up teams. You know, like the. Manchester Madmen or whatever over there in England and then they play for a month in this 12s format against each other and it's this great new exciting kind of format that we've got you know similar to 2020 and um, one day cricket which a lot of people are raising their eyebrows at and a lot of people actually in New Zealand are saying interesting how guys like Steve Hansen were opposed to the private equity deal for New Zealand rugby over there yeah. the Silver Lake deal and are now pushing this which definitely would go against the Silver Lake private equity deal just letting <laughs> these players go and be mercenaries and play for some made up team um, yeah that Steve is a mentor or an ambassador yeah, for yeah exactly he's got his finger in the pie I think he said in the newspaper he said that money and camaraderie will make the world for concept a compelling you know argument for doing it's like like how much money are we talking steve how much money yeah because these thoroughbreds get six to ten weeks off each year depending on how they go domestically Mm. and you want them to spend it in england which is you know miserable at the best of times no thanks you want them to go there and spend their free time there to earn you know what fucking a hundred thousand pounds if you're halfway decent. Mm, yeah, I can see that working if you're, you know, like a bit of a rugby journeyman. Like you're on your way to greatness. Like I can see, you know, the likes of Fergus Lee Warner going over there and getting his hundred thousand pounds, taking it back here, timesing it by three, buying some fucking good Angus cattle, good looking in the face, putting him on a bit of land, and just going back to the force um, at the end of summer. I can see people like that doing it and. Mm. For that, I think it's great, but I think he's not going to get the people that he wants over there. He's, no. He's not going to get the absolute, you know, he's not going to get the Sonny Bills, he's not going to get the Kirtleys, he's no. not going to get, you know. No. He's either going to get, you know, young go-getters or he's going to get people who are old and fucked. Mm. Looking for a paycheck. in Europe. Yeah, for sure. I, just over in Europe, just, you know, just to top up the last bit of the mortgage before they have to go and be, you know a salesman for aristocrat or they go and work Mm. in some, you know, audience engagement role at fucking New South Wales rugby or something. Yeah, yeah, because the clubs clubs and the national bodies aren't going to let their uh, star players go and play in this random mercenary comp. Oh, Um, fuck I mean, and as you said, over in England... Go over and get terribly injured. Go and get spear tackled into a cricket pitch in fucking... Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. Like, come on, Steve. Put it down in the south of France or put it in Italy or something. Or maybe maybe go to the Iberian <laughs> yeah. Peninsula. Like, let's play it in Spain. Yeah. Let's grow the game there. Why are you fucking doing it in England? Where there's a little bit of heat. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the game, you can walk off and you can have some tapas. You can have some jambon. Mm. You can have some fucking <laughs> olives and some sangria. Yeah. Where, you know, That's better than camaraderie. You walk off... The field in England, and then you're still in fucking England, aren't you? I yeah. mean, you're in the north of England. It's yeah. like, oh, let's go out to a local restaurant. What's that? Everything goes into a deep fryer. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you can have warmish beer. You pick no what thanks, you want, Steve. and then it goes into a deep fryer, and then it comes out, and then you eat it. Yeah. And then you lie in bed for six hours with shocking indigestion and wonder why you're in the north of England. Not appetising at all. So, I mean, the format of it as well is weird. Like, we've got sevens, which people enjoy tuning into for, like, 
you know, a couple of days a year here and yeah, there. Because watch the tournaments, that's fun. But like, what it's is a 12s? carnival-like atmosphere? Yeah, exactly. But what is 12s? I mean, fuck, we might as well put another bloke on there and then introduce things like play the balls in 4020s and just fucking call it rugby league. The only reason why T20 cricket took off is because there was no other alternative. Mm. Where the other alternative for this world 12s is rugby league. If you want to watch type of rugby union that's, you know, a little bit short, a bit less going on, scrums are less important, kicks are more important, you know, maybe just change over to the NRL. Yeah, exactly. Like, they'll always have you. They'll be happy it's, to have good players there. They love it's, poaching It's them. the best rugby league competition in the world. Yep, yep. And they, they love and poaching rugby players, so it makes sense. And it's on the same network. Yep. You just change from Gem up to Channel 9, and there you go. Bang, bang. There you There's go. There's your World 12s rugby. Yeah, World... Anyway, good luck to him. Let's see what happens there. Good luck um, to him, mate, yeah. But we should finish off with a positive note. Hospital Challenge Cup final over the weekend. Red Heavies getting it done. Pretty comprehensive. Um, took Jeeps a while to get on the scoreboard. Um, but yeah, it was a huge win for the Red Heavies. Boy, Stephen Moore playing his last game again. He's already retired, but he retired again after this huge win in the grand final for first grade. So it was good to see. It's always interesting, I reckon, like those suburban clubs where you play them at the suburban grounds where you have the barbecue hissing, you got the tins opening, people on the hill, that kind of vibe in and out of the change rooms. You know, it's a community kind of atmosphere. And then you take it to the big stadium where it feels empty. They do it with a shoot shield as well quite often. I think they went to Bankwest last it's year. It's so maybe. dumb. It's, yeah. Just play it at home in fucking Tigerland or wherever the fucking Dirty Reds mm. play, whatever they're called. Just play it there or just... There's plenty of other places they could have played that besides an empty rugby league coliseum. It's a bit of a strange run, you know? Like, yeah, and that's why people love, they love their community and club rugby. Um, taking it away for that final game kind of just, I, I get the novelty of it. Yeah, you're playing in the big stadium. It's, you know, just like the real thing. But yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so yeah, congratulations to University of Queensland getting it done. Um, huge, huge win. They've been pretty dominant all year. So it was, uh, I think, a fair result in the end. Uh, let's hope they do it back at Ballymore next year if the Renos are done in time. But, um, yeah, yeah, always good to if, see club rugby. If not, they can just do it in a park where everyone just stands around yeah. on the sideline like they're going to watch the goal yeah. or something. I think it's better for viewing as well. Like, I know they can't get as many, you know, fancy spider drone cameras and all that sort of stuff floating around, but I think just the atmosphere and the people around, it actually makes for better viewing, so... Anyway, but yeah, congratulations yeah. to those guys and all the other winners of the um, respective grades and Colts grades over the weekend. That's enough for us now. We've covered quite a few topics, so I think we'll leave it for now. We look forward to talking to you after, I guess, another win. Um, after another famous win by the Canadians Wendell, on mm, Sunday. Yep. Looking forward yep. to it. And mate. maybe the first win for our uh, boys in green and gold against the world champion Springboks on a Sunday night to lift the mood, but we'll see how we go. Yep. Anyway, until yep, then, mate. enjoy the footy. Bye-bye.